0: Ron Van Dam, living proof that there is life after 40 for retired male strippers. Shake that thing, big dog, you still got it. You're listening to The Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting.
1: That's nice, but I am still dancing.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's The Ron Van Dam Show. Thank you very much. Hold on tight, things can get a bit weird if you like that sort of thing.
1: Hey, welcome to the program. It is the Ron Van Dam Show. I believe it's Monday. I'm not sure. I think it is. Is it? No? It is? Oh my God. I can't believe it. You know what's boring? Is that Monday always comes after Sunday. All the time. Can't we mix it up a little bit? Can it be Sunday and then Wednesday and then like Tuesday. I mean, make life a little more exciting. I went to the Mayo Clinic yesterday, came home with about three jars of mayonnaise. Seriously? Thank you, thank you, thank you, you. welcome to the program. Sit back, relax, I'll take it from here. You don't have to do a damn thing, but listen to this. It's easy, it's easy, it's really easy. Believe me, sometimes I sit back and I listen to other things, and it's really simple to do. Does anybody have an idea on how I can get some proper sleep? Oh my God, I've been... Omicron, I've been dealing with this for a long time. I don't get a good night's sleep. I sleep uh, in, in like three-hour spurts, a uh, total of about maybe five, six hours a night. And then I hear these news reports and these scientists and sleep experts. Oh, my God, a sleep expert? <laughs> wow, where did you study that? Yes, I've been I've been sleeping and napping most of my life. I'm a sleep expert. Well, that I do believe sleep experts and scientists are saying that uh, five hours of sleep is not enough and it can shorten your life. Well, thanks for telling me some good stuff. (sighs) So I'm trying to get more sleep and I started taking melatonin before I went to bed. But that didn't work too much because after like a night or two of melatonin, the body says, okay, I get it. You're trying to make me sleep. You ain't putting that over on me anymore. And the melatonin all of a sudden doesn't do anything. So then I thought, well, I'll just have melon before I go to bed because that's probably the main ingredient in melatonin. Found out there's no melon in melatonin. So that didn't work either, although the melon was quite tasty. Then someone said, Ron, count sheep. And I said, oh my God, what am I going to do with the sheep in the afternoon? I don't have that large a backyard and I'm not into sheep. And the neighbors might think I'm sexually like out of my mind. So no, I'm not going to count sheep. And then I heard, no, you don't really get sheep, and you don't herd them. Yeah, I heard a sheep. No, you don't actually get the sheep. You just count them in your head. What? Then why do I have to count sheep? Why can't I count pigs or, or like groundhogs? Why, why am I counting? Why am I counting sheep? That question bothered me so much. I was up all night. Then someone said, Ron, uh, is there any blue light in your room? No. Blue light? Why would I have blue light in my room? It's not like I want to sit down and read a book. Oh, where's my blue light so I can see the book all in blue? No, I don't have any blue lights. So said, well, Ron, uh, people talk to me. said, so, well, Ron, uh, the TV is like a blue light. No, it's not. There's stuff going on. Uh, there's shows on it. There's no blue lights. So I don't understand what the hell they're talking about. And then uh, I thought, well, maybe I'll get a, a noise machine. This is a machine that does nothing but make noise. It makes white noise. Now, I, that's racist. Come on, seriously. I, I, white noise is just like, it's nothing. It's just this, the sound of a, of, of just, you know, shh, that kind of thing. Like people are trying to shut you up. Shh. That's why people fall asleep in the library. Cause everybody's going shh and that's very soothing. So, uh, yeah, so that's, so I got a noise machine for a 55 bucks, 55 bucks for a little tiny machine to make the sound of nothing that worked a little bit, but not completely. Now I'm getting five hours and two minutes. So I guess I'm better off two minutes more. That's pretty good on a bell curve. And then somebody said, well, Ron, uh, you know, maybe uh, you're not active enough. Maybe you should exercise during the day, to which I laughed out loud, uproariously. Excuse me, do you know who I am? Exercise? <laughs> Stop with the comedy routine, please. So, now, Ron, Ron, really, if you exercise, you'll, you'll be more tired. Your body will extend uh, into another life. So, okay, so I started exercising and I hurt my glutes. I don't know where my glutes are, but I think they hurt. Um, yeah, so now I can't sleep cuz my legs hurt. That didn't work. That didn't work either. So, I'm just um just trying to figure out how I can get more sleep. Uh Obviously, if I just got concert tickets to uh, a symphony concert or to an opera, I would fall asleep immediately. Opera's not a bad idea. Opera is usually about three to four hours long. I know, you think some movies are long? This is like long. And you always fall asleep during an opera, no matter what's going on. So that's a good four hours right there. So that's a viable way of getting some sleep, but it's very expensive because you have to pay for the opera tickets. And then you have to sit amongst people. And if you start snoring, people are going to start nudging you for some reason. So that doesn't work either. Then I thought, maybe I'll just do like always boring things. Just do things that are so incredibly boring that I'll be just really tired. And then I realized that's, I already do that. I already do things that are boring. So that's not going to work. So then I got in my car and I drove to a, um, one of those stores that sells mattresses and it doesn't have to be president's day or Washington's birthday or whatever. They sell mattresses all the time. Did you know that? Not just on those holidays. And the discounts are just as heavy. You can walk in in the middle of July and say, I want to buy a mattress. And whatever the price they give you, you say, well, can I get the President's Day discount from six months ago? Oh, sure, sure, no problem. All you have to do is ask. I think I told you I went to a department store. It was called Jordan's. And I don't know who this guy is, Jordan. Uh, they had a a, a separate uh, entire area where they had mattresses, and they were the salespeople were were turned into sleep experts. They they had no no college degrees in sleeping, or or they didn't even know what sleeping was. Uh, what they did was they handed out lab coats to them with the name of the store on the lab coat, and it said Jordan's Furniture. That's the name of the store, and under that it said Sleep Lab Expert. <laughs> I just la- I, when I walked into the place, I just laughed at them. I, they said, what's so funny? What's so funny? Your, your, your white jackets, your white lab coats. Oh my God. Did you go to MIT to study? No, they just gave me the thing to put on. I know. And that's, what's funny. Don't you get it? So, uh, so I said, well, a uh, sleep expert, um, I'm not getting enough sleep. And they said, well, it's probably your mattress. Duh. So, um, they had me lie on all different mattresses. Problem was there were no other people on the bed. Now, if they had a pretty woman lying on the bed, I would have bought that mattress. I know that the pretty woman doesn't come with the mattress, but yet one can dream and therefore get some good sleep. (laughs) They had a machine that, um. Uh, uh you you stand up against it and it scans your body to see what type of mattress would be best for you the The name of the this this little computer was called a uh, Bridget, not Bridget like the girl, but bridge, the word bridge and then dash and then it, and I have no idea what the relevance of that name was. So you lean up against this uh this electronic board and it uh, apparently makes a lot of sounds and lights flash and stuff and uh, I mean it was almost like I was about to get a colonoscopy although I knew that that was impossible with my clothes on and the computer uh, said uh, what kind of mattress would be best for me and they found that mattress on the floor and I laid on it and it wasn't comfortable at all so so much for the uh, AI uh, (laughs) diagnosis of of what mattress is good for me. I did end up buying a mattress from them because I'm a schmuck. Well, the people had lab coats on. What do you expect I would do? They said that I could take uh, three years to pay for this mattress with no interest. I said, I had no interest when I walked in. I don't know why you're thinking I have any interest now. I said, no, 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 no. You don't have to make, uh, there's no interest payments. There are no pay. If you pay within three years, you're just dividing uh, it up into like, um, you know, like 36 payments of whatever. And I said, well, that makes sense. So I can sleep on your mattress until it wears out and I'm pretty much just paying by the month. Yes, it's for people who can't afford our mattresses. Well, well wait a minute. How much are your mattresses? $72,000. Excuse me? I just want one mattress. No, it's $72,000. What, what, what is in that thing? Is it foam or gold? Are they mattresses already stuffed with money? How can it be $72,000? And then they laughed and they said, No, I'm only kidding. Oh, you made a joke and, uh, and, and I didn't get it. It happens. Uh, So I've been sleeping on this mattress now for about two years and obviously by the monologue that I am exhibiting before you, uh, the mattress didn't work. Oh, sure it did at first, but then it didn't. So how does one get a good night's sleep? Then I got rather smart and I said to myself, Ron, because that's my name, I said, Ron, um, you do a talk show. You've been doing it for decades and decades. Why don't you speak to a sleep expert on the show? Yes. Use my profession to answer questions. What a novel idea. I called uh, one of my booking people um, and one of our staff uh, people who is Nicole Reed. I shouldn't name her. Nicole uh, books some of the interviews for the show and I said, Get me a sleep expert. Get me. Get me a, Run and get me a sleep expert and, and be off with you. And shall you not get a sleep expert before me, I will behead you in front of the courtyard to all the people of the township. Well, uh, based on the uh, threat of beheading, she did get me a sleep expert. I interviewed the sleep expert. No, nothing, nothing. So, that's it. Uh, Then I read, because I do read, uh, I read that uh, as you get older, you sleep less. Well, that makes sense, because now I have time to sleep. (laughs) When I was younger, running around, doing everything every minute of the day, I had no time to sleep, but I slept really well at night. Now I have a lot of time to sleep, but I can't do it. Nature is interesting that way, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I don't understand. And again, you know, the doctors say to me, well, Ron, you were sleeping well because you were expending yourself throughout the day. You need to expend yourself. You can't just sit around like a slug all day and expect to get some sleep at night. Oh, God. All right. Now I can't find anything to do that exhausts me to that extent. I shovel the driveway in the summer when there's no snow just to get the exercise. My neighbors think I'm crazy. Ron, what are you doing? Why are you shoveling your driveway in July? There is no snow. What are you shoveling? Uh, I'm just getting the exercise. You're sick, man. Actually, I don't do that. I lied. George Santos gave me that lie. Thank you, George. George Santos is a uh, Santos, Santo, whatever the fuck he is. Um, he, he is a uh, congressman from uh, New York, the Long Island area, I think. And he, of course, he lied about his background and everybody around him. And he just lies and lies and lies. And uh, George actually is now supplying some of the material for my program. So anything that you hear that doesn't sound honest or truthful, don't blame me. That's George Santos, who's contributing editor to this program. <laughs> I lied; he's not. All right. You know, I uh, I was watching a uh, what was it? Oh, it, that horrible thing, uh, that horrible thing in Ohio, I believe it, where uh, the uh, the chemical spill. And the people in the town are like complaining about like getting really sick and dangerous and like, what, what are we going to do? And I saw uh, people from the ATF because they had jackets and on the back of the jacket it said ATF. And I know what that means. Uh, it's alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. And all of a sudden I said to myself, that makes no sense. Are we not able to have, like, really important departments without, like, coupling them with things that aren't as important? Yes, I I, I am a uh, law, a law enforcer for alcohol. <gasps> Ooh, tobacco. Get up against the wall, tobacco. You shouldn't be smoking this alcohol, tobacco. Okay, get that. I don't know why you need law enforcement for that, but okay. And what's the third? Firearms. Okay, that I understand. I don't think people should be walking around with firearms, personally. Alcohol. I walk around with alcohol when I'm going out of the liquor store or or at a party or something. I don't see people like in, you know, with guns and 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 you know protective vests running up, with you know or drop that alcohol, Van Dam. I don't see that. Tobacco. I see people smoking all the time. They don't get arrested. They just have to stand in the back of the building in the alleyway to smoke. Other than that, I don't see people getting arrested for smoking cigarettes. Firearms. That could that could be important. Yes. <laughs> It's that's the stupidest name for a law enforcement, alcohol, tobacco, and by the way, firearms too. What are, are we consolidated? Stupid departments. That's like that's like some type of agency for uh, 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 lead pencils that break in half fake plants that haven't been uh, uh, washed in, in 10 years and nuclear weapons. Oh. You do all of those things? Yes, we do. <laughs> hey, you put down that alcohol. And hey you, hey you, dro- drop drop drop, <laughs> drop that tobacco immediately. Firearms, we do that too. We do that too. <laughs> It's like bed, bath, and beyond. <laughs> we were store. We do this. We do that. Ah, fuck it. We'll do that, too. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. What we put up with. I don't quite understand it myself. I do have a guest. It's not a sleep expert. I could use one, but it ain't. I mean, it isn't. Sorry. We're going to take a commercial break, and when we come back, uh, my guests will be joining us. But until that time arrives, uh, there's other stuff to deal with, like this.
0: Hey, this is Bobby Marone, former heavyweight contender. But I hung up my boxing gloves recently and put on my chef's hat to open my brand new restaurant. Uh, um, uh, It's headshots, Bobby. Headshots. Headshots serve some of the best Italian crayons. That's cuisine. Italian cuisine in the area. You come in and I'll give you a meal that'll knock you out. Our crayons. That one says meatballs, Bobby. Meatballs are the best you've ever tasted. Come in for my one-two punch pasta and daily lunch specials. Every day, daily lunch specials are every day. We're all good on that one, Bobby. Let's keep going. All right. So listen, come into. Uh... <sighs> it's called Headshots, Bobby. Headshots. Headshots, thank you. Headshots, and ask for me. What the hell is my name? Headshots is located downtown at the corner of Flange and Hassenfeffer. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner if Bobby remembers the keys and where the restaurant is.
2: Ron,
1: how are you? I'm great Erica Ingelhoff is here. She uh, is an author and she's uh, written for tons of publications. This is uh, an interesting thing. I've been actually looking forward to this interview and I it's, it's it usually doesn't happen it's great but, uh, this is this is fun uh, this is uh, it's back in the series of uh, of the National Geographic kids It's called uh, gory Details Adventures from the dark side of science it's it's fascinating it's everything that i had in the back of my mind but i didn't have the nerve to ask anybody the questions and
2: oh perfect that's exactly uh, what i'm going for (laughs)
1: it it worked and and i'll tell you something i'm not a kid anymore i i'm a grown adult Mm -hmm. and um this is fascinating to me so nat geo kids that's nice nat geo adults yeah this is for you too yeah uh, uh, no kidding <laughs> uh, this is yeah absolutely
2: you know yeah. when people when i tell people that i write about gross science they often assume that i write for kids mm-hmm. but i think of my book more like gross stuff for grown-ups it's all that stuff that we're curious about but we're too afraid to ask because you know
1: yeah.
2: that's like stuff that only kids are supposed to be allowed to ask oh, exactly
1: <laughs> exactly um It it freaked me out a little bit. I guess that's the darker side of science. Uh, There are a couple of questions right off the bat that you list, and those have been my questions now that you bring them up. I'm going to ask you these, uh, if I may, because I don't think I'll be able to sleep unless I get these answers. Um, (laughs) Why why do clowns creep us out so much? You know,
2: isn't that funny? Uh, Some people have told me that, Clowns don't bother them at all. And then yeah. there are other people that are just absolutely like yeah, that's kind me. of phobic about it, that's you know? Me. And uh <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, psychologists say that, that uh you're not crazy for uh for thinking clowns are creepy. Clowns are actually kind of uh like the poster child for creepiness in a way because yes. What is creepiness? What makes something creepy as opposed to just scary? Well, it's a sense of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Something is creepy when you sense that there could be danger, but you're not sure. And when you think about it, that's a clown. I mean, they they look like a person, but then they act in these really bizarre ways. They're very unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to do. And then they've got that, you know, that makeup that makes Uh, their faces look distorted. That's what it is. That's
1: what it is. Huge feet. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so it's that sense of something seems off, but I can't quite tell what it is. And I can't tell if this thing is going to try to make me laugh or try to kill me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I've ever laughed when a clown did anything. Um, uh, Okay. Uh, Now uh, here's an odd question. If you actually yeah. died and were laying dead on the floor and your dog recognized that you were dead, would you would the dog mm-hmm. or a wild animal for the for that uh matter eat you?
2: Well, I have to tell you the answer is yeah, they might. Oh, my God. Uh and <laughs> and yeah, a friend of mine asked me about this and um you know, she said, I heard that sometimes uh, you know, people's dogs eat them after they they die and you know come into your house and find you all eaten up by your dog uh well yeah it does happen you know i talk, i've talked to medical examiners and forensic scientists and looked through the forensic science literature and um yeah something that medical examiners are pretty familiar with and it's not always that the uh that the dog is starving you know i mean obviously if it's been like days and the animal's hungry then um you know dogs will scavenge and so you know, uh, food is food, but it's not always that situation. Sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, the, the dog may get frantic, uh, not be able to wake someone up and actually start biting, trying to wake them up. And then that biting can turn into eating and Interesting. yeah. Interesting. So, but even, you know, even if you, uh, don't have a dog, that doesn't necessarily mean that this couldn't happen. Uh, there were, there was even a case where a woman's body was Partially eaten by her hamster. <laughs> oh my! Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, that's I, so, I, I, I. know for sure that a clown would definitely eat me. I. That I'm sure of. <laughs> <laughs> I have no question about that. Yeah, uh, you yeah.
2: might look at you might look at your uh, beloved dog a little bit differently <laughs> okay. after reading this. All right,
1: Erica. Now, now about you. What, how did this happen? Yeah. Did, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this wasn't the first thing that you sat down and said, I'm going to write this kind of stuff. Uh, how did this happen?
2: <laughs> no, you know, I, I have a background in science and I've always, uh, you know, love nature. Yeah. I love, um, you know, the world, the world is full of gross and embarrassing stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, and so I've always been interested in kind of the weird stuff yeah. and, I think a lot of people are. I mean, I don't think I'm alone on this. I think, uh, you know, we're all really curious. And and morbid curiosity even is a, a, you know, very normal, natural thing. that we're all curious about things like death. You know, it's the great unknown.
1: I remember learning when I was a kid, and I didn't necessarily believe it, was that uh, when I went to bed at night, there were living things crawling around my pillow all the time. There were things living Mm -hmm. in my eyelashes, living in my eyebrows 24-7 and not paying rent. I mean, just (laughs) incredible thing, which I guess is the case, but I don't want to know it. But is is that true? Is is that stuff true?
2: Absolutely, I hate to break the news to you, but there are face mites living on your face and my face and all of our faces right now. And and, um, yeah, these are little teeny tiny. You can't see them. They're microscopic, um, but they live inside our pores and they're just a normal part of all of our bodies. And one of the most fun things that I got to do uh, in researching this book was go to a lab where I got to see my own face mites. And I have to tell you, you know, it sounds gross and scary and you think, Oh no, there's some on my face. You know, when I saw them, yeah. you know, it really made me feel a lot better about it. You know, they're just little, little kind of cute critters. Cute.
1: <laughs> in there. Cute. And
2: they may not, they may not be doing you any harm. They may be, you know, just eating your face oils and, you know, yeah. keeping house in there.
1: So, and I guess that they would be intricate to, to indeed keeping house, I guess, I guess they're necessary.
2: You know they may be. It, right. You know they have been considered to be uh, parasites, yeah. but you know it, it's not so clear now. You know they may be actually. It's more. It may be more of a symbiotic relationship.
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh, t- t- toilet rats. What? Yeah, oh, toilet rats are real. Yeah. <laughs> are, are these rats? I've had
2: experience with those too.
1: <laughs> Why? Do, do they come up through the toilet?
2: Yeah. So, um, especially if you are somewhere where there's a combined sewer system. So let's see, you're in Boston, right? Yes. Um, probably do have, you know, so basically if, uh, the storm drains on the street yes. and the, uh, and the, the sewer from your house go into the same sewer pipes, which yes. in a lot of cities it, it does, yes. then that means there's basically kind of a sewer highway for rats. Uh-huh. and so if the rats are in the street sewers, then they can easily come up, you know, and rats are amazing. I have a whole new appreciation for rats after mm-hmm. learning about them. Mm-hmm. You know, they can easily climb up a sewer pipe sewer pipe into your toilet. They're amazing swimmers. They can, <laughs> they can do so many things. And so, absolutely. And so I had that experience in my house of, you know, <gasps> uh, of... <sighs> of rats, and they basically, and they can, oh. they can pop right up through the toilet. It's a real phenomenon.
1: Wow. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't just happen yeah. in New Jersey. That's amazing. It's not just New
2: Jersey. <laughs> I was in D.C.
1: <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> happens, you know, well, okay. that's yeah. <laughs> said Absolutely. enough there. Um, you're fascinating. I, I could, uh, I could talk to you for hours, but I'm not allowed to. So uh, I'm going to yeah. have to get the book. Uh, it's available everywhere. How, how would I get more information, how to follow and all that stuff?
2: Sure. Absolutely. So you can go to my website, gorydetailsbook.com find out all about the book and where to buy it. Um, I encourage people to go to their local bookstores, of course, and, uh, support local businesses. Uh, it's published by national geographic books.
1: Fantastic. Eric, I knew this would be a good one, and I appreciate it, and hopefully we'll talk again soon when the next one comes out. Well, that'll do it for me today. You've been wonderful. You really have. I I, I couldn't do this. I couldn't listen to me. I couldn't do it. <laughs> anyway, I'll be back again tomorrow, whatever day it is. I don't even know. Uh, with a brand-new show, but until that time arrives, I wish you peace. Have a good time.